Welcome to the addendum, a thing added. On this podcast, Pastor Eric Williams will add to, clarify, and supplement the most recent teachings at Fellowship Renewed Church. In our time together on Sunday, there were two passages of Scripture that we covered that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on, and I wanted to take the opportunity today uh, to cover those in just a little bit more detail. Okay, as a reminder, our primary text on Sunday was 1 Corinthians chapter 8 concerning food offered to idols. Now, in this church in Corinth, there were two representative groups, and we learned that these two groups really can still be seen in the church today, uh, and they were, they were definitely revealing themselves uh, in the Corinthian situation. And these two groups are the strong and the weak. Now, it's most likely the case that the strong group was responsible for the content of a letter that was sent from the church to Paul. And in that letter, several things were addressed. And one of the things that was addressed was food offered to idols, of course. And that's why it made it into 1 Corinthians. Paul wanted to help them understand this better. But they had some misunderstandings of how the gospel was to properly inform uh, the way they approached this particular topic of food offered to idols. And so what Paul does as he addresses this situation is he lays out a principle for them, a, a timeless biblical gospel principle that they are to take with them and apply to all of life's situations. But what he does is he takes this principle and he applies it to their specific situation and he details some things for them about where they were getting things right, where they were getting things wrong, and how they should modify their thoughts and behaviors on this particular issue. Um, the first thing that Paul does with this is he explains what this principle of knowledge and love is. And as we were talking about that, I referenced a passage of scripture that I wanted to read again for you today and just offer some additional thoughts on this, okay? It's Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. It says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Okay, so Paul first talks of who they are, and then who they are to be in light of who they are. He says, put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. So that's the description of, of who they are, of who believers are. Believers are God's chosen ones. And as God's chosen ones, we are holy and beloved. And so you think about this, because it informs all the rest of, of what's going to be said, who we are. Positionally, before God, the way he sees us is as holy, 
However, we are not yet holy as we one day will be in perfection or in eternity, um, in our glorified state. That's not where we are yet. So although we are seen as holy, that's true, we are not yet perfectly holy. And how that works is um, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus for our sins satisfied the wrath of God for our sins. So all the wrath of God that was due to us for our sinfulness was taken by Jesus in its entirety, which would mean that there's nothing left of the wrath of God for our sins. Okay? And that means that our sinful state and our position before God as sinful is now erased because Jesus did that work for us. He actually made atonement. And the word atone actually means to, to cover. So he covered our sinfulness and he paid the sin debt. The, full, the, the theological word for that is propitiation. And so he not only covers our sin, but he pays the sin debt. But in addition, he takes his righteousness and credits it to our account. That's called the imputed righteousness of Christ. So the goodness of Christ is now credited to us by the grace of God, and the Holy Spirit is now also given to us. And so we have a righteous standing before God. We have the Holy Spirit of God in us. We have the Word of God given to us. We have a holy standing before God. He sees us as holy, as holy ones. That's what saints are. The saints are his holy ones. That's who we are, but yet we are here in this body on earth, and so we are to be living as what we have been made to be. We are holy. We are to live holy lives. Okay? And what does that look like? Um, as those who are holy, loved by God, what should, how, how should that be evident in our lives? And here are the things that Paul says. We should have compassionate hearts. should have kindness. should have humility, meekness, patience. And you should bear with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Compassionate hearts kindness, humility, meekness, patience. So all these things ought to be part of who we are as God's holy ones, as loved by him. These should identify us. We should be modeling his character to each other and to the world. And he says, uh, and, and above all these things, put on love. Above all these things, above, above what? Above compassionate heart, above kindness, above humility, above meekness, above patience, above bearing with each other, put on love. If you put on love above all these things, love will clothe and inform all these things. That's, that's actually how it works. Above all these things, put on love. It binds all things together. Love binds all things together in perfect harmony. It unites. It doesn't divide. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. If you have peace in your heart, and you have the love of God overriding all of your thoughts and emotions, your behaviors, guess what? You're going to have a compassionate heart because the love of God and the peace of Christ is in your heart. 
is causing you to be a compassionate person, a kind person, a humble person, a meek person, someone who bears with other people, someone who's patient. That's who we want to be. That's what the scriptures call us to be as God's holy and beloved ones. The other idea I wanted to uh, make sure and address today is that of the Christian conscience in Romans 14, specifically verse 5, um, has an idea there that I, I wanted to expound upon just a little bit. It says, uh, Romans 14, 5, one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. Okay, what does that mean and how does that apply and what does that have to do with the Christian conscience? Well, Paul is saying, and he's reiterating this this concept of knowledge and love with the Romans, uh, and you can see that in the beginning part of the chapter, but it, it, it continues through, all the way through uh, chapter 14, which we read uh, together on Sunday. That each one should be fully convinced in his own mind has to do with the Christian conscience in the sense that one day, there's two groups of people represented. Uh one person esteems one day as better than another, and another esteems all days alike. That's two groups of people. But Paul is calling both groups to not argue over opinions, and that's chapter 14, verse 1, uh, to not quarrel over these things, not to argue about the opinions that they have, but for each person, whether on, on this side or on this side, to uh, be fully convinced in your own in your own mind, that what you believe is true and gives God honor and glory. So, it says in verse 6, one observes the day and he observes it in honor of the Lord. One who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. He gives thanks to God. The one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. You need to be fully convinced in your own mind that what you are doing gives honor to the Lord. And you need to be fully convinced in your own mind, as informed by the Word of God, and led according to the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your own life. So that's how it works with the Christian conscience. Okay, but uh, there should be a warning given right here um, about traditionalism. Traditionalism encompasses this idea that people do things without being fully convinced of them in their own mind, but they do them because it's what has always been done or because it is now the norm and it is acceptable, whether it be a belief or a behavior. Okay, it becomes the accepted norm and you are brought into that accepted norm and the accepted norm is not challenged and people are just doing it without actually being fully convinced of it. Um, the, the way I've explained this in the past, there's a, there's a word that I believe is, 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 uh, is a good word to use to describe what's happening here. In, in, in theology, you need to not only have it in your mind, biblical truth, theology, doctrine, you not only have it in your mind, um, but it is actually appropriated. That's, that's the word for it. It is appropriated. And to appropriate something means to take something that you have that has been given to you, but you make it your own. It is now mine. It has been handed to me, and I've not really accepted it as my own. I just have it. Okay, that's traditionalism. I carry it around with me. I have it. I acknowledge it. But I'm not convinced of this thing on my, on my own. I just, I just have it. 
Um, but to take that thing and now claim it as your own, you are fully convinced that what you're believing and what you're doing is giving honor to the Lord. And that's where our conscience should lie. But in our conscience, we have to cope with the reality that some people are going to be convinced this way that this gives honor to the Lord. Some people are going to be convinced this way that this gives honor to the Lord. And they're going to be different. And yet in that difference, we are called to be unified. That as we have diversity among us, that there should be unity in the midst of diversity. That's the body of Christ. And so we should have this principle of knowledge and love overriding and informing all of us that we should be these people that have compassionate hearts, that are humble, that are bearing with one another, that we're not quarreling over opinions. While that all is true, we at the same time should be people who are fully convinced in our own mind that what we're doing and what we're believing gives honor to the Lord. Thank you for joining us on the Addendum Podcast. For more information about Fellowship Renewed Church, visit frcsparta.com. Please join us for next week's episode.